start out pop culture, my quarks bar, my ruminations on pop culture and what's going on and just general shenanigans. I hope to use this as a means to not in- just introduce the Quarks Bar popular culture segment of the podcast, but also anytime I have any shorts. I find this music to be uplifting, and I hope you find it uplifting. Join me on my journey of words and self-discovery. And thank you for listening. I feel fortunate to be able to produce um, either what you would call bonus episodes or episodes outside of my regular podcast um, because the podcast is Tenfro was reading and I guess I should put it I'm reading and listening um, because I have the pleasure and it's really cool for me to be able to talk about um, books and what I'm listening to or reading. Um, I'm going to make a a concerted effort not to buy another book, uh, but I do have a pretty cool Audible um, account that I can listen to most every book um, that is released. No, it doesn't take the place of the look and smell and the feel of books, but in this way, I still get to enjoy uh, the written word in oral or recorded form. So in this section, and because I don't have uh, permission to read from these books and to share certain paragraphs, I can at least talk about my feelings and what, how I felt about certain sections without uh, uh, illegally reproducing the work of art. So here is Tara Stringfellow's Memphis, the conclusion. And thank you for listening. So as I finish up and I'm listening to the acknowledgments of Tara Stringfellow's Memphis, I'm just stunned or I'm just grateful to my ability to be allowed to create. I have the time and the inclination to just talk about what I like. Um, That's one of the main reasons why I started the podcast. And I wouldn't even be able to dream of a reality where I could be a podcaster and creator full time but still make bank because I still got bills to pay. What I also have noticed is because I don't have the rights to the book themselves, I can't read any part of them. I can't, I'm not allowed to do that without having some type of copyright infringement. So I can only basically talk in depth about how the book has affected my viewpoints going forward or any book have affected my views. And these are my personal opinions. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's just how I feel about the words that are contained within the pages. Overall, it takes more courage to exist just in general. 
it takes courage to exist as a black creative, especially a black female creative. It takes courage to continue to dream, to grind and to prosper and then to prosper and be prosperous. But don't be don't apologize for it. All of those things take a significant courage. The the character arc of all of the characters um, in the book, all affected by space and time. And I'll actually get to how all of them affected me individually. But even though the book was a series of dizzying flashbacks, it still was very cohesive because they all had to pick cotton. They all had to live. They all lived through traumatic events, wars, rumors of wars, um, mass shootings, and they still existed. It was like society kept daring them to exist. Society kept raging war against them. Society kept having these death rage with the KKK, uh, pogroms, shooting bullets at them in all of the world wars in Vietnam. The lynchings still continuing up until this day, but definitely when the police lynch one of their own as far as Myron North, um, the character Hazel's husband and Miriam's father. They all dealt with this type of trauma differently. It didn't, it, it was the violence that surrounded the characters in this book. Everyday life was just astounding. And it was so relatable because as African-American woman creative, this is my reality. Not so much of living in a real hood with gunfire and the sweet sound of AR-15 as your daily existence, or you ran with a uh, group and committed murders before you went into the Marines, like one of the characters, uh, Father Jacks in Chicago. But this book is relatable for the level of violence that all African-Americans in this country are exposed to on a daily and for generations. I basically listened to Beyond, uh, I think I stopped on Sunday, was talking about when Miriam finally left her abusive husband. He had just made major and for whatever reason, he blackened her eye and they moved back to Memphis. In the six years since that period of time, there was a lot of living. We learn more about Derek. He was finally arrested uh, for committing or participating in a drive-by. And how these hurt and broken men just screw with us and we still carry on and we're still continue to be great. We struggle and we struggle and not really leaning into or profiting from our gifts and our greatness because life gets in the way of that.
it seems like the U.S. military is concentrated white supremacy, um, the rank and file, um, and it has it just smacks of that. I had to, I went through the, just talking about the character arc, Myron, we found out that he had basically was drafted into the World War II, got out, survived some of the most violent uh, war fights, um, to only come back home to make become the first, Memphis's first black detective, but he was actually lynched and murdered by his own. Then there's Jax, who was taught how to fight. He already kind of knew how to fight. For, it was, came into the military damage. He was the killer before he even went to, into the Marines, went through Desert Storm, wonderfully trained, had the mistake and had to live through the mistake of killing innocent civilians and came back, made rank, and who he took it out on was the low-hanging fruit was, was Miriam. His brother Bird, who is his fraternal twin, is also a thug, but he is uh, of the streets. Miriam, who's also in herself was broken, was born one week after her own father was murdered. She was always coddled and protected by the community and her mother, but she still, it, either she ignored or she had no experience with love to realize that the guy in the pressed uniform had demons that he had not dealt with and she was gonna catch his hands. August was the product of lust but she was a brilliant artist, wonderful voice, never leaned into her gifts. Her father actually was her mother's lover, a civil rights activist that was um, also assassinated. Hazel, the strong matriarch, she never wanted anybody, she never wanted anybody's help, became to a T, a black activist and almost like Queen Victoria and she continued to mourn her husband and be a widow until she passed away. The men that surrounded them, the main characters like Stanley and Marlon, Bird, Jax, the civil rights activist that was murdered, and even August's violent lover, who we come to find out that is Derek's father, but he was a supreme dickhead and also very abusive. It's over and over again that men are warped to have to continue to prove their humanity while they are treated inhumanely, while they are abused uh and killed without impunity and they are warped over and over again and they pass this on to first subsequent generations. They're all uh, products of violent events from World War II to the ongoing lynchings in this country to MLK's murder to the gun violence that rocked Memphis um, since the late 60s uh, even until now. The 2001 World War uh, um, World Trade Center attacks and all the Gulf Wars, one and two, Afghanistan, 20 years in that hellhole, and possibly now 
Korea and uh, Ukraine. And after all this violence and hell and fear and domestic violence, Joan and Maya could now be allowed to lean into their gifts. And that's how the story ends, where Joan actually gets accepted into a prestigious um, fellow artist fellowship in London. She has, but she has to be freed from the bondages of violence and of doubt, self-doubt and of generational uh, low self-esteem. She has to do this after the 2001 um, Trade Center attacks. And when he come, her father comes back with his brother, finally apologizes for the ghost um, and the gulf that warped him. He's trying to heal, but Marion had had enough and she had moved on. She probably had forgiven him years ago, even through the struggle, but she really didn't need him to complete her anymore because now she was complete. And it's through Miriam discovering Joan's art in Derek's room, her daughter's rapist, and then Joan going to confront him or to see him is how she is free to live within her talent. I'm also tripped out because I've also been able um, or allowed to discover um, African-American, famous African-American artists that I didn't even know existed. This is when what reading does to you and having the time um, to focus on things other than your work, because sometimes work could just be boring. And although I think this company, um, coolness.com, or maybe it's coolness.com, an online art platform, the name may be slightly problematic. I'm excited to find out or have found out, and I'm going to post some of these black female artists' works of art um, in the blog notes as I, when I actually get this, um, as part of, uh, this is what you get when you subscribe um, to Anchor at my Anchor FM or Podbeam or Patronus page. You get uh, more information. This fictional black African-American artist, I'm sure is based on someone. I don't know who it is, but through this book, I was able to look up people that I really didn't know, like Laura Waring, um, with huge uh, funds of work. Alma Thomas, Louise Jones, Gwendolyn, Faith Ringo, Emma Amos, Suzanne Jackson, and Amy Sherald of the Float is Forever. Her portrait hangs in the National Portrait uh, Museum in D.C. And I seem to um, lean more into the more uh, realistic renditions of the Lynzette. Let's see. Sunga Malingia. And just so, even though I've hacked up their names, um, this list that is on this webpage, that, which also will be included in the notes, do not just 
point to African-American female artists, but African um, or black artists throughout the diaspora. There's Cynthia Sifa Mulanga. There's Damaloya Marcus. A most, more of the postmodernistic and abstract um, renditions, they are probably beautiful in their own right, but again, I am more drawn and more so appreciate, um, further appreciate um, the beauty of more realistic rendition of the um, uh, human form. And what I will post is the portraiture that that speaks to me um, more realistically because there's 30 and counting. I'm probably going to include the ones that I find the most compelling um, in the podcast notes. And it seems that the character is just like anyone in real life. The more that you try to restrict them, the more they are um, determined to create. And it was like she had to create to push back the darkness that was her existence. And she, they asked the question, could black women ever know freedom? Yes, when you are truly free to create beauty in what it, whichever form, either through drawing, through painting, uh, through whoever your profession is, uh, being a podcaster, uh, being a blogger, that's when you know true freedom. Because if you cannot not create, and also you get paid to create, that's true freedom right there. You're, you're richer than you ever thought you could ever be. And richness to me is more than monetary gain. It is about a full freedom, um, the being able to exist and not apologize for it and exist and be prosperous and never have an, and don't apologize for it. That's true freedom to me. And I hope and to encourage other people to pursue aggressively their passion um, and to create beauty in whichever form.
action that you want to be. If you want kindness, give kindness, exude kindness, and just love yourself and love 